Welcome to day 359 of Shaped by the Words, season two, the drama of scripture. Kind of a melancholy moment as we come to the end of a, a season together, reading God's word, uh, hearing his story, seeing the images from the Old Testament and the New Testament. And of course, so many of those come together uh, in the book of Revelation. We read the wonderful parts of the book of Revelation, you know, the beginning where we see uh, the throne room of God and the worship, you know, of both of him who sits on the throne and the lamb who has... Uh, worthy to open the scrolls and we've seen the unfolding you know of God's judgment upon uh, the people of the earth and the you know the seven seals and the seven trumpets and the seven bowls and we've seen vignettes uh, of you know great difficulty and opposition and vignettes of great strength and power as our God sustains us in the middle of the difficulty and opposition and so we come to the end of the story in chapters 19 20, 21, and 22, which we'll cover for the rest of the week. And what a beautiful conclusion to a story. It is a beautiful story that sometimes we miss because the Bible, you know, kind of comes to us like a library. It's, you know, different books on different shelves rather than us seeing the story unfold. Uh, we move, you know, from major prophets to minor prophets, and that's not uh, really how they, they occurred in time and history, and it's not how they occurred in the unfolding of God's story. Uh, so the more we know God's story, the richer this is to us. So we come to uh, Revelation chapter 19. Um, before we read, as always, we recognize what a treasure we have in God's Word. Uh, even when we uh, look at it and, and don't understand everything in it, the things that we do see and the things that we do understand are so deeply encouraging. And uh, we, we pray along with David you know, help me not to be concerned with matters that are too great for me. Help me to be mm -hmm. content in your presence as a small child is with its mother, as a weaned child is in the lap of its mother. And and so we, we draw comfort from it, and we also are amazed, you know, at what it envisions. We, we, we kind of get a glimpse of what God has in store for us, but we know eye has not seen, nor has ear heard, nor has it even entered into the heart of man what he has for those who are his own. Uh, so we read with anticipation as well as we get just a small glimpse of how God brings this story uh, to a close. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the story. Thank you uh, that it's uh, a story that you've invited us into. Uh, it starts with your beautiful creation, with our rebellion against you, and your pursuit of us all the way to the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and your final restoration, not only uh, restoring to us everything we've lost through the ravage of sin, but restoring all of creation uh, for your glory, by your wisdom, by your power, and, and by your might. Uh, be with us as we read this story. May we be encouraged uh, by what we see. May we not be discouraged about the things that uh, you know are beyond uh, you know beyond our sight at this moment. Uh, may we draw comfort that we have a sovereign God who holds our future securely in His hand. It's in Your holy name we pray. Amen. Revelation chapter 19. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah, salvation and glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah. The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. Twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne, and they cried, Amen, Hallelujah. Then a voice came up from the throne saying, Praise our God, 
all you his servants, you who fear him, both great and small. And I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah, hallelujah, for our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of God's holy people. Then the angel said to me, write this. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. This I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, don't do that. My fellow servant with you and with your brothers and sisters who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for it is the spirit of prophecy that bears testimony to Jesus. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages a war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in robe, dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses, and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty, on his robe and on his thigh, he has this name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in the air, come gather together for the great supper of God so that you may eat the flesh of kings and generals and the mighty of horses and of their riders and the flesh of all people, free and slave, great and small. Then I saw the beast and the kings of the earth and their armies gathering together to wage war against the rider and the horse and his army. But the beast was captured, and with its false prophet, who had performed the signs on its behalf, with these signs he had deluded those who had received the mark of the beast and worshipped its image. The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. The rest were killed with a sword coming out of the mouth of the rider on the horse, and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Because you have two very different scenes here. <laughs> you have the scene, you know, of the, the triumph of the Lamb and the victory of the Lamb, you know, in the, in the first part. And, and then, of course, you have a picture, you know, of God's wrath in the second part. And uh, you, you, you can't lose sight of those. Yep. Uh, God is glorified in both, uh, you know, his salvation of those who are his own and, of course, his judgment of those who have, have opposed him. And, and you see... You know, both the salvation, uh, you know, we've, we've seen, you know, the, the persecution of the church in very graphic, you know, terms all through the book of Revelation. We hadn't, hadn't read the whole thing, but if you've gone through the whole book of Revelation, you would see, you know, the war that has been waged against God's people. And now you finally see the war that uh, God wages on behalf of his people, the martyrs who have been crying out from beneath the throne, how long, oh Lord? You know, until we're we're vindicated, you see that in in the last you know half of, half of this you know picture as as well. That's one of the things that should stand out to us as we read this section is that the salvation of God's people or the deliverance of God's people comes through the just judgment you know of of God, and that's what the people are longing for. I mean, even you know, kind of going off of our reading. Um, yesterday we you know we skipped some chapters, but mm-hmm. you see this you know beast devouring and and. And you just you hear the cries of the people at times of like a how long the Lord you know will this continue and and yet they they set themselves on the justice of God you know and on His delivering and that's what we have that opens you know chapter nineteen Hallelujah salvation and glory and power belong to our God 
for true and just are his judgments. Mm-hmm. You know, and then you see this this great unfolding of the just judgment of God upon those who have rebelled and rejected him, you know, and, and everything being made right. And that's that's really, I mean, what we mm-hmm. long for when we, as we move towards those final chapters in Revelation is the setting of all things right. You know, God is making all things new, and it's it's what we long for. And, of course, you know, the downfall of Babylon, you know, has is, is been an image that's been used in, you know, several you know, several ways. Obviously, you know, those of us in John's day would have think, thought of Rome and its opposition to the church and the system, you know, that set itself up against everything, you know, that is true of God. It's idolatry, it's emperor worship, it's persecution, you know, of, of the church. And, and so a lot of that has been envisioned, you know, in the book of uh, Revelation. Uh, sometimes, you know, the, the word Babylon is even applied to Jerusalem because God's people have been everything but the people that God has called them to be, and they have bought more into the system of the world uh, than they have into the heart of God, you know, as revealed in Scripture, which is something we need to be very careful of. A lot of times we, we're so discipled by our culture that we uh, do not realize how much uh, the Bible speaks into and, and judges our culture. Mm-hmm. So we need to be both for our culture, you know, with a heart and a passion to see, you know, the people around us, you know, come to Christ and against our culture where it stands against the things of God. And, and so in some ways, every, every you know, every, there, there is no nation, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, there is no nation that perfectly embodies the heart of God. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. And, and the rest of them, you know, have some things that reflect his heart and character and the common grace of creation. And they have some things that are absolutely opposed to him. If you come to us, our materialism, our, uh, you know, our, our, our rampant sexual ad- identity where we identify, you know, the, the, those mm-hmm. kinds of things. There's many things in our culture that God can stand with, but many he stands against. And so the system of this world, whether it's found here or overseas or wherever it is, it has been defeated and we see God you know, mm-hmm. for who he truly is. Well, I really appreciate it in verse 9, um, just the idea of the the blessed who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. Mm-hmm. And I I think of Christ in the Last Supper as he says, you know, I will not eat with you again until I eat with you in my Father's kingdom. And then you think about this wedding feast and the, the bride is the church and, of course, Christ the groom. And you, I don't know, I just see him thinking, you know, looking off and just seeing this in the future. No, that we have a wedding feast uh, to come. It is. And, of course, the invitation he's already given earlier, you know, in the book, you know, here I am, I stand at the door and knock, and if anyone open the door and come in, I'll eat with them and they with me. So we've been invited, you know, not to a solemn assembly of the saints. We've been invited to a great, you know, to a great feast, uh, you know, that features the Lamb. And, of course, there's a real contrast, you know, between how we celebrate the Lord's table, you know, especially, you know, the way we've somewhat minimized it in the church in order to make it very convenient, you know, a little small cup. You know, of, of, of yes. you know, great juice-like substance and a little bread that's almost like bread, you know, kind of thing. Uh, the bread and the wine of the, the Last Supper is used into the abundance of Isaiah, you know, that we read earlier in the year. We're on the mountain of the Lord, or the richest of foods, the choicest of meats, and the, and, and the, and the richest of wines is a celebration of all the goodness of creation, but more so you know, the goodness of, mm-hmm. of salvation, you know, that we find in him. And then you, yeah. you have both of these scenes, you know, one on top of the other, the gracious reception of the saints, and, of course, 
uh, the harsh judgment of those who have stood against God and against yeah, his people. Sure. And uh, both of those are you know, part of the story, mm-hmm. part of, you know, the climax, you know, of, of the story. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot more we could talk about. Of course, that, that was true in every book yeah. that we've read. In every passage that we read, you get to Revelation. <laughs> you yeah. know, that it, it becomes so much more. But we still have uh, a couple of readings left. So, so we'll continue more. to adventure in it. Mm-hmm. Matt, you mind closing us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. Father, we we praise you, and we do rejoice in um, who you are and what you've done and, and all that we have in you. And Father, we await um, that glorious day where we will um, we will feast with you. Uh, we will enjoy the wedding supper of the Lamb and, and be with you forever. And so until then, Father, would you keep us faithful? Would you keep us centered on Jesus? And, and would we be um, the people you've called us and created us to be here for this place? Um, Father, we love you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you.